Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz and I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you for staying up a little bit late tonight and uh, I'll get to that in a minute. I want to welcome all of our uh, moderators. Thank you so much for uh, coming in tonight. I want to say hello to all of our viewers, like I said, from around the world. Hello to CC Weezy. Viviana is with us on Facebook. Carol is with us on Instagram. Logan is also with us. Marie is moderating on the Instagram side. I hope everyone is doing well. And uh, lots to talk about today. First of all, yesterday we had some technical issues with our interview with uh, Morgan David Jones. Luckily, I pushed the record button because the live stream went down. And as soon as we were done with the show, uh, the first thing I heard yelled at me was, Dad, the internet is not working. So I'm like, well, there's my answer. The internet went down. Apparently Comcast was having nationwide outages last night. And of course, it happened to be during my interview with, uh, with Morgan. Luckily, I recorded it. I posted it about an hour or two after the show ended, so it is available for you guys that want to watch it on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, on those three platforms, it's permanently saved. So YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, if you want to go back and check out last night's interview, it was a great interview. It's a shame that we cannot broadcast it live. Really, really sucks. And today, I, uh, I upgraded... This was, on the, this was on the schedule for a while now. I upgraded my internet. Not my speeds. My speeds are already maxed out. I'm a one gig download speeds. Uh, so the upgrade today was I upgraded to business internet. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, I have done a lot of these upgrades. I used to be, uh, I spent a few years doing IT work. And I would assist other businesses when they would do these kind of upgrades. So I was fully aware of what to expect. It's just all the damn configuration you got to do afterwards. It really is a full day's job. But it's done. Uh, that's why I'm late tonight. It is done. I wanted to make sure everything was up and running. And I tested everything. So again, my apologies for starting an hour late tonight. But... Hopefully, that'll be the last of that. If we have any first-time viewers out there who want more information about our show, please go ahead and visit us at deadtalklive.com. If you want to be a part of our live audiences, of our live audience, we do stream uh, Monday through Friday live on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. So if you want to be a part of the live audience, tune in Monday through Friday. Our normal start time is 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and you could be a part of the live viewer interactive audience. I uh, want to say hello to Philip, Megan, who's just joined us on Facebook, Lindsay, longtime viewer Lindsay Sparks from Canada is also with us on Facebook, as is Megan saying, hey, how are you, dude? I'm doing pretty good, Megan. How are you? So... Love the floating love hearts on Instagram. Thash is uh, waving at us. Shispa is also with us on Instagram. So let's go ahead and get started. 
uh, with what we have on tap as far as news for today. Uh, so let's see. Now, A24 is a studio distributor that you probably have not heard of uh, up until the last couple of years. They are sort of a new studio production company distributor, and they have been making some big splashes. They primarily deal in horror movies, if not exclusively in horror movies, and they have released some amazing movies. Uh, Hereditary, Midsommar, just to list two. So this article from Dread Central ranks uh, all 13 of their movies. So 13 of their horror movies. So it's not like they have a list of hundreds of movies. They have not been around for that long. So for now, those uh, might not know, A24 is responsible for some of the best horror movies over the past few years. And so today we'd like to take a moment and celebrate their sinister slate of scary movies. So join us as we rank all 13 of A24's horror movies. Number 13, Life After Beth. The zombie horror comedy Life After Beth is mostly meh. It centers on a guy played by Dane DeHaan who discovers his girlfriend, played by Aubrey Plaza, has returned from the dead. At least she's got her at least he's got her back, right? Well, it turns out his joy evolves quickly into horror as she slowly undergoes a horrible transformation. So if any of you guys are into are in the mood for uh, a zombie comedy that Dread Central has ranked as meh, check that one out. Number 12 is Tusk. Kevin Smith made a great horror movie with Red State, but his genre follow-up Tusk is half a good movie, at best. It finds Justin Long venturing into the Canadian wilderness to interview Michael Parks, but before long, Justin learns that Parks has a dark obsession, one involving a walrus. Yeah, a walrus. Uh, I, I can only imagine. Number 11, Slice. In a spooky small town, a slew of pizza delivery boys are slain on the job. Now, two daring survivors set out to catch the culprits behind the cryptic crime spree. Written and directed by Austin Vesley, the film stars Zazie Bates, Chance Bennett, Hannibal Burris, Joe Carey, Chris Parnell, Paul Shear, co-star. Number 10, It Comes at Night. It Comes at Night begin, begins after mysterious apocalypse leaves the world with few survivors. Hence the term apocalypse. Now two families are forced to share a home in an uneasy alliance to keep the outside evil at bay, only to learn that the true horror may come from within. Joe Edgerton stars with Christopher Abbott, Carmen Edgego, and Riley uh, Coe. Now, I've seen this movie. It's actually pretty good. It's been a little while, but I have seen this movie, and it's worth checking out. Number nine, The Hole in the Ground. 
One night, Sarah Young's son disappears into the woods behind their home. When he returns, he looks the same, but his behavior grows disturbing. Sarah begins to believe the boy who returned might not, might not be her son. Lee Cronin directed this nightmare. He also set to write and direct the next film in the Evil Dead series, Evil Dead Rise. Another good film. This is also, it's interesting. Uh, and it has some really uh, peculiar scenes in it where this boy, and, you know, obviously it's not the same kid that went into the woods. The, mo the mother suspects this. Nobody believes her. But uh, what... I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you're into watching something that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat, check out The Hole in the Ground. Number eight, In Fabric. In Fabric tells the tale of a lonely divorcee who visits a bewitching department store. There she stumbles upon a dress that will transform her life, but she soon finds that the perfect artery red grown Sorry, the artery red gown contains a malevolent, malevolent, unstoppable curse. Just like the movie we talked about last week, Slacks. Remember that preview that we saw of Slacks? The possessed genes that start killing people? I saw it. It's actually not bad. You know, if you're into uh, some good horror laughs, check out Slacks. It is available on Shudder. Uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste stars with Haley Squires, Leo Bill, and Gwendolyn Christie. All right, number seven. Now, this movie's been getting a lot of attention. Uh, Saint Maud. It's available on Epics. If you have cable or satellite and you have the Epics channel, this is available to watch on demand if you're subscribed to Epics. Uh, it's also available on Fubo TV. For those of you that are not familiar with Fubo, what Fubo is, is the internet equivalent of a cable slash satellite provider. You know how they talk about cutting the cord? So a lot of these companies are popping up and they've signed deals with various networks and other channels to show them on their streaming service. That's what Fubo TV is. St. Maud is also available there if you don't have Epics. The newest entry on the list is St. Maud. The film follows a reclusive young nurse who impressionable demeanor causes her to pursue a path of Christian devotion after an obscure trauma. Now charged with the hospice care of a retired dancer ravaged by cancer, Maud's fervent faith quickly inspires an obsessive conviction that she must save her ward's soul from eternal damnation, whatever the cost. I don't know. It sounds good. It's been getting a lot of great reviews. I'm going to check it out. Maybe I'll check it out tonight. Number six, The Lighthouse. Writer-director writer, Robert Eggers followed up his near-masterpiece, The Witch, with this black-and-white horror movie. The Lighthouse stars William Defoe, great actor, 
uh, Robert Pattinson, who's going to be the new Batman. We all know Robert Pattinson, Sparkling Edward from the Twilight movies, as the two lonely lighthouse keepers who descend into madness and ma- <laughs> masturbation. They descend into madness and masturbation when a storm strands them on a remote island. Wow. <laughs> hey, Justin. Just in time. Did you did you catch that, Justin? This movie, The Lighthouse, is centers around men who descend into madness and masturbation. Sounds interesting. Number five, The Monster. The Strangers director, uh, writer, Brian Bertino's The Monster is one of my personal favorites. Let's just say I can relate to the relationship here. But for those that aren't familiar, the movie centers on a mother and daughter trapped in their car on a stormy night on a deserted country road with a terrifying evil lurking in the woods. All right, number four, Midsommar. Uh, This is a good movie. Uh, It's gotten rave reviews from critics, from viewers. I think it has like a 7.5 rating on imdb which if you translate that into the rotten tomatoes it's like a 75 percent uh certified fresh whatever the case there are some people who are going to watch this movie not get it and be bored to tears but yet i've heard other people talk about this movie and how it has these very gruesome scenes and I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really did. It's just the way I hear other people describe it. I don't get it. I don't see what I don't see what they're seeing. But it's a great movie, and I think it was made that way on purpose, where everyone is going to walk away from it having a very different perception of the movie. And if that was their goal, they achieved it. And they did it brilliantly. Of course, it's an Ari Aster. It's a hereditary follow-up. Nightmare in the middle of the day. It finds a couple traveling to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled Midsummer Festival. But what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Now, The Witch. Great movie. It's number three on the list. Robert Eggers' The Witch will be remembered for all time. It's that scary. It begins in 1630, New England, when panic and despair develop a farmer's, develop in a farmer's family You see their baby suddenly vanish, and they blame their daughter, who was supposed to be watching him. Suspicion and paranoia mount, as everyone suspects that there is a witch in the woods. And trust me, that is an oversimplified synopsis of this movie. Number two, The Black Coat's Daughter. Now, director Oz Perkins recently helmed that terrific Gretel and Hansel flick, 
but I say that the black da- the black coat's daughter is his best motion picture. It takes place during the dead of winter and tells of a troubled young woman played by Emma Roberts who embarks on a mysterious journey to an isolated prep school where two stranded students face a sinister threat from an unseen evil force. So let's see what number one on the list is. Hereditary. Of course, Hereditary is number one. I mean, come on. It's Hereditary. Josh once called the film the scariest movie since The Exorcist, and I'm inclined to agree with him. The movie begins uh, when the matriarch of the Graham family dies, her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and terrifying secrets about their ancestry. But can they outrun the sinister fate they have inherited? Don't count on it. Now, have you? how many people out there have actually seen Hereditary? Uh, you know, from the lack of chats that I see in the room whenever I bring up Hereditary, I get the feeling that not a lot of people have actually watched this movie. CC is still stuck on the madness and masturbation. Hey, you know, anything can happen, man. Anything can happen, even madness and masturbation. Philip has seen it, a very good movie. It is. Hereditary is awesome. It's a psychological horror slash paranormal flick. It has some really disturbing scenes in it. Beautifully written, directed, acted, an amazing film. So if you haven't watched it, please go ahead and watch this film. Now, would I agree with them? saying it's the scariest movie since The Exorcist? Probably not. Not on my list, at least. It's an extremely entertaining film, uh, no doubt about that, but I would not say it's the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Want to welcome Alpha, who's just joined us on Instagram. Rusky Chris is also with us. Uh, Nabinka has also joined us. True Stars just joined us on Instagram as well. So, what to expect from The Walking Dead Season 11? Now, now that The Walking Dead is officially over, you would think these news articles will start cranking up, getting ready for Fear of the Walking Dead, but no, they're, they're still clinging on to Season 10. This one is going to be talking about season 11, pure speculation, of course, but let's see what they have to say. The Walking Dead season 11 is currently filming, and here's everything we know about its summer 2021 premiere date. And like I said uh, the other day, I am just really surprised that they picked August to release The Walking Dead. Uh, I could have almost bet you... It was going to be released in October, but no, it's going to come out August 22nd. Now, what I think they're doing that, why they're doing that, is they are reserving uh, World Beyond for October. So what's probably going to happen is we're going to get the first half of The Walking Dead, August 22nd, till sometime in mid-October, where the first half 
of uh, The Walking Dead will wrap. Remember, it's only um, 12 episodes and, uh, that we're going to get for 2021 into 2022. Season 11 is going to be broken up over two years. So we'll probably get six weeks, six episodes of uh, at least the first half of season 11. And then they're going, they're going to take their break. And then I believe World Beyond is going to start in October. Now, whether they go through, I don't even know how many episodes are in the final season of World Beyond. Because it's only a two-season show. This will be its final season. Are they going to give us another 10 episodes? Is it going to be less? Is it going to be more? I have no idea, but World Beyond is probably going to start in October. Whether they decide to take a mid-break with that and continue with The Walking Dead or just play World Beyond whatever many episodes are in the final season till that concludes and then pick up the second half of uh, season 11 of The Walking Dead, they can go either way. I have no idea. Lindsay writes, yep, I was surprised about the August 22 date as well. If anything, I thought it would be reverse. I would have guessed that August would be the World Beyond release, and they would save The Walking Dead for when we've come to expect it, uh, you know, uh, for the last 10 seasons. And that, it's normal, and that is its normal start time in October. But no, it's coming out in August, and more than likely World Beyond is taking its place in October. So, The Walking Dead Season 11 premieres in August of this year, and here's everything we know about its story, ending, and more. And to be honest, they don't know much of anything because nothing has been released. It's amazing to think that The Walking Dead was on the air throughout the entire 2010s, and at some point, in the middle of its run, it became the top drama on cable. Millions upon millions of people tuned in every Sunday to see who, if anyone, was going to die, in a similar fashion to Game of Thrones popularity. Now, The Walking Dead is both expanding and wrapping up at the same time, timing it around the 10th anniversary of the series' debut, AMC launched uh, the third show, World Beyond, last fall, 2020, and has plans to make two more in the near future. One will be a spin-off focusing on, of course, Carol and Daryl, and another will be an anthology series. Furthermore, the planned Rick Grimes movie trilogy is still in the works, though it's unclear when the first of those movies will release. And I got to tell you guys, a lot of time is going by and we have heard no news update on these movies. Now, God knows they have had a long time to at least wrap up the script for the first film. Something is causing a delay and they just don't want to tell us about it. Uh, I hope it's not anything that's putting the movie in jeopardy. Uh, whether it be budgeting, I don't know, whatever it could be. But it's been a long time since we got any kind of news on the Walking Dead movie. Uh, we know Andrew Lincoln has already shot at least one movie while he's been waiting as well. 
I believe he's ready to go, but something that they're not telling us is causing a delay, which has me a little bit worried, to be honest with you, because they, sh I mean, everything is ramping back up again, especially movie production. Everything is, is trying to get back into a normal rhythm. Uh, you know, with the COVID pandemic, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, but movies are still being filmed. They're getting ramped up again. Uh, I just don't understand why they have not started shooting yet. So, like I said, there's something going on that they're not sharing with us. I just hope it's not something that actually puts the movies in jeopardy because it has happened in the past, you know? A movie is set to be made, and at the last minute, something goes wrong, a disagreement. Remember, AMC is partnering up with Universal Studios for this film, and we know there was already a disagreement between those two companies. Uh, AMC was upset during the COVID pandemic that Universal was bypassing movie theaters and releasing them straight to on-demand. And the reason why AMC was upset at that is because AMC is not just a TV channel. They're not just a production company. They're not just a distributor. They are one of the biggest movie theater chains as well. So when movies get bypassed from their theaters, even though their theaters are not operating, they are losing revenue. So there was a little dispute about, you know, between Universal and not only AMC, some other uh, companies as well had beef with Universal and their decision to bypass theaters. But I'm hoping it's not something stupid like that that's causing a delay with at least the filming of the Rick Grimes movies getting underway. Hey, and for all we know, to be completely fair here, they might have already started filming and they just haven't told us. So it's anyone's guess at this point. Anyway, even though there's uh, so much to look forward to with the Walking Dead franchise, the main series will be winding down in 2022. The Walking Dead season 11 not only will introduce the final villains of the story, but also wrap up the storyline with its final season, which releases later this year. The Walking Dead Season 11 premieres August 22nd, which was confirmed in an official trailer for the season that accompanied the final bonus episode from Season 10, Here's Negan. Still, that doesn't mean fans have to wait long for the additional Walking Dead content. Seeing as Fear of the Walking Dead Season 6 returns uh, in a week on April 11th and will presumably run for the rest of its season without a break. And they're in the middle of shooting Season 7. Uh, Emmy on Facebook writes, We just hope that this pandemic will end soon. Amen to that. Yeah, I think we're all ready for this to be over. Uh, let's see. One of the best horror movies of the last few years is getting a remake at Amazon. Alright. The last several years have been quite good for the horror genre, with movies from both the Hollywood space and other countries having contributed 
uh, to this Renaissance period. As an example of the latter, the 2015 saw the wide release of Goodnight Mommy, an Austrian psychological horror movie that scored a lot of positive reception, including being named one of the top five foreign language films of 2015 by the National Board of Review. Well, words come in that Amazon now has a remake of Goodnight Mommy in the works. Naomi Watts, who is no stranger to horror, thanks to playing Rachel Keller in The Ring and The Ring Part 2, has been tapped to star in and executive produce Amazon Studios' Goodnight Mommy remake. Take Me to the River director Matt Sobel will helm the remake, working off a script written by Kyle Warren. The new take on Goodnight Mommy hails from the Animal Kingdom indie label and production company Playtime, the latter of which acquired the remake rights. Amazon is handling the financing and will release its version of Goodnight Mommy worldwide. Here's what Sobel said about the project of Variety. My favorite films are those that invite the audience to step inside their protagonist's journey in our reimagining of Goodnight Mommy, Fear of Abandonment, and the dreadful realization that those close to us may not be who they seem. Uh, create an immersive nightmare with visceral sensations front and center. I can't wait to create this heart-stopping story with Amazon and the peerless Naomi Watts. For those unfamiliar with Goodnight Mommy, the original uh, movie followed twin adolescent brothers who are sent to live with their mother, whose head is bandaged following cosmetic facial surgery, making only her eyes and mouth visible. The boys soon notice that their mother is behaving abnormally and it eventually gets to the point where they believe she is actually an imposter, which leads them to take drastic actions to learn the truth. Goodnight Mommy was so well received that it was selected to be Austria's entry for the best foreign uh, language film category at the 88th Academy Awards but it did not make the final cut. So now Naomi Watts gets to add another American remake of a foreign horror movie to her resume as The Ring was based on 1998's Ring from Japan. And I think most of us knew that already, which itself was based on the same name novel by Koji Suzuki. As far as Watts' work in recent years go, the Academy Award-nominated actress credits include The Glass Castle, Ophelia, The Loudest Voice, and Penguin Bloom, co-starring with Andrew Lincoln. Uh, and she most recently popped up in the Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson-led action movie Boss Level. Alas, her Game of Thrones prequel isn't moving forward. Since development on Goodnight Mommy remake is still in the early stages, it's been a while until we get a first look, it'll be a while until we get a first look at the Amazon production, 
but fingers crossed this remake will be captivating to watch just like its predecessor. I have not seen Goodnight Mommy. Uh, actually, before this headline, I have not even heard of it. So it's sort of gone under the radar for me. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Just looking at the time. Uh, I'm just going to quickly scroll through these. Pick out some interesting ones. There was a good one in here. Let's see, where is it? All right. Here's a good one. Ten comic books that would make great horror movies. I know we have a lot of comic fans out there, so let's see which they pick. Many comic book movies have started following the exact same thematic and narrative beats as one another. The films are booming, cookie-cutter perfect, but in doing so, they lose all originality and dynamic flavor that people loved about those stories in the first place. If comic book movies dare to explore genres, the entire landscape of superhero movies would likely be changed immediately and drastically for the better. However, few are brave enough to be the first venturing out to make a non-action movie superhero film. If some bold creator were willing to adapt one of any of these magnificent comics into a great horror movie, they would inevitably become one of the greatest superhero movie creators of this modern age. And on this list is no, number 10, Infidel by Pornsack, Pichote, and Aaron Campbell. Number 9, Batman, The Long Halloween, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Number eight, Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Can you see Hulk in a horror movie? Number seven, Shadowland by uh, Andy Diggle and Billy Tan. Number six, Lock and Key by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Number five, Witches with a Y by Scott Snyder and Jock. That's it, just Jock. Number four, X-Men, Curse of the Mutants, by Victor Gershler and Paco Medina. Number three, Marvel Zombies, by Robert Kirkman and Sean Phillips. All right, you know, we all know how good Kirkman is at writing about zombies. If the Marvel Cinema Universe were to adopt any horror story, from the comics into a horror movie for their films, it would probably probably be along the line of Marvel Zombies. This series, written by Robert Kirkman with the art by Sean Phillips, was only five issues long, but it certainly left its mark on comic fans. This story is also set in an alternative universe, so the Marvel Cinema Universe could reasonably adapt this storyline into an alternate timeline than the main thread in MCU without causing any problems. They're basically talking about, you know, the Avengers timeline. Just put it into an alternate timeline and you won't have any conflict with the story. In addition, the MCU has expanded so much to even include new shows like What If?, that an alternate universe film 
where popular characters become zombies isn't even that far-fetched anymore for the franchise. And who would have thought that we'd be talking about Marvel Comics and zombies? If you go back several years, those are probably two words that you would never have used in a sentence. So, but it's it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Uh, Gypsy Road. Welcome, Gypsy. 8.15, did, you, did we change the time of your show? No, Gypsy, tonight we're starting late. As I explained to everybody when we started, I upgraded to Comcast Business Internet today and basically spent the whole day, uh, you know, configuring and whatnot, the entire house. So that's why the late start tonight. But it's good to have you on the show with us, Gypsy. Thanks for joining us. Number two, Winnebago Graveyard. Number one on the list, Aquaman, The Trench by Jeff Johns and Ivan Rice. Again, Aquaman in a horror movie. I I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Here's another article talking about The Walking Dead, the final season to premiere in August. We just really read about that. Uh, Let's see. Mark Romanek returning to directing for Lionsgate Horror Motherland. It's been decades since filmmaker Mark Romanek was last seen in the feature world with the well-received romantic drama Never Let Me Go, and now he's ready to step back into the director's chair for Lionsgate horror-thrilled Motherland, according to Deadline. To have Romanek board this project... Uh, says everything you need to know about the quality of this material and where we are taking it tonally and artistically, said Aaron Westerman, president of production at Lionsgate. Motherland is expected to center around a family that has been haunted by an evil spirit for years. Their safety and their surroundings come into question when one of the children questions if the evil is real. Romanak is directing from a screenplay co-written by Kevin Coughlin, Ryan Graspy. The 61-year-old filmmaker is no stranger to the horror genre, as his feature directorial debut was 2002's One Hour Photo, which was led by Robin Williams and Connie Nielsen. The project will be overseen by Lionsgate Aaron Janis and Chelsea Kujawa, along with 21 Lapses' Emily Morris, with Stranger Things producer Sean Levy, Dan Cohen, attached to produce the project for Levy's 21 Laps Entertainment production label. And speaking of Stranger Things, has anybody heard when we're going to get that next season? I mean, we obviously know everything has been delayed for, uh, you know, due to the pandemic, But I have heard no news in regard to when we might see the next season of Stranger Things. Also, we're approaching the middle of April, getting close to the middle of April. Uh, You know, Black Summer should be dropping on Netflix pretty soon. So I'm waiting for that as well. Uh, good night to Official, who is uh, leaving us on Instagram. Thank you so much for dropping by. 
hello to Corey and Ahmed, who's just joined us on Instagram. Uh, Gypsy writes, according to Netflix, Stranger Things is coming this year. Yeah, I know. It's just we have no idea when. Netflix likes to really play close to the vest, especially when it comes to viewership numbers and release dates. A lot of the times you have no idea something is coming until you turn on Netflix and you see it right there. I wonder if the same thing is going to happen with Black Summer. Knowing how popular Black Summer was, you would think they would build it up a little bit before its actual release date. But who knows? They might just drop it and not announce anything as to when it's being released beforehand. So, this was funny. Seven space horror movies that are horror, actually. Few things are existentially terrifying to me as the idea of traveling through the void of space. The sheer speck of nothingness that is human existence when compared to the Earth deeply upsets me. Even just the idea of floating forever. It is petrifying if you think about it too much. Movies have definitely given those of us for whom space is both fascinating and horrifying a lot to chew on. Space horror shows shows us there's pretty much nothing not to be afraid of. If there's nothing out there but us, it's terrifying. And if there is something else out there, it's terrifying. Damn it, movies. To wit, and as rebuttal to a recent contention by The Guardian's Ellie Hunt, here are seven movies that have us questioning whether staying on terra firma might not be the best option. Alien, 1979, classic horror movie. Event Horizon, classic underrated horror movie. And uh, you know what? There, are, I know there are quite a few people here that have not seen Event Horizon. I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to play you guys the trailer. This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon was the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. 
Who knows where it's been and what it's brought back with it. The ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my God. It knows my secrets. It knows my fears. Vacate, I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. Now, this is a perfect example. Remember the earlier article we read uh, tonight where it said that some people think Hereditary is the next scariest movie from The Exorcist? Like I said, Hereditary is an amazingly awesome movie. But Event Horizon, just perfect example, I think is a lot scarier than Hereditary. It's a brilliant film, and I, I... it really upsets me that, I mean, when I say underrated, it is received extremely well by fans, by critics. It just did not, when it came out in 97, did not get the attention it deserved. And that's what, like, really bugs me. Anyway, uh, next on the list is Sunshine from 2007. Jason X. Wow. Wow. Jason X, I would not put this movie on, you know, some of the scariest space horror movie list. Jason X was a joke, all right? Putting Jason Voorhees in space was a joke. And I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They could not have run out of ideas. I find that very hard to believe. But yeah, they decided to not only put Jason in a space, but put him well into the future as well. Go figure. Galaxy of Terror, 1981. Europa Reports, 2013. Planet of Vampires, 1965. So there you go. Some of the scariest movies that have taken place in outer space. So, Jason X. Yeah, definitely do not agree with that one. So tonight... In the remaining time that we have left, we're going to be talking about some of the best horror adaptations. Basically books, primarily books that have been adapted to the, to the big screen. One of the most famous adaptations that has been done multiple times is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, gothic classic, the classic horror vampire tale. Um, the true king of the undead has been adapted over and over again. One of my favorite adaptations of Dracula is the Gary Oldman one, uh, back in the nineties. I really liked how they did that. Dracula, uh, the majority of the adaptations are some kind of a love story. And I think Gary Oldman's uh, Dracula back in the 90s was probably told the best. And Gary Oldman was just absolutely brilliant uh, with uh, playing uh, Dracula. So Winona Ryder was good as Mina. She was good. 
not phenomenal, but she was good. Frankenstein, of course, by Mary Shelley, another one, not as much done. Frankenstein has just been done in a variety of different ways and not actually bearing the name of Frankenstein. Robert De Niro took a crack at playing Frankenstein. There have been comedies like Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie, uh, that were adapted as well. Uh, another one, uh, Phantom of the Opera by Gaston Leroux, uh, one of the most romanticized horror films of all time, thanks to Andrew Lloyd Webber with the score. Famous adaptation by Lon Chaney, who starred in the title role as well as applied his own makeup to the to the movie almost 20 years after Shaney's film the phantom was readapted in a film starring the invisible man claude rains this featured a much different take on the phantom's origin as a musician who was disfigured rather than born with the disfigurement the film has some of the most radical departures from the original novel, making it one of the more unique adaptations of the story. Uh, the Invisible Man, H.G. Wells. Uh, seminal sci-fi author penned a horror novel around the most frightening concept. A bad person that you just cannot see. And, you know... Adapted back in 1943, a famous movie. I gotta say, the the latest adaptation that just came out, what, not even two, three years ago? Uh, I love that movie. Uh, the Invisible Man, the latest Invisible Man, was so brilliantly done. Uh, I did not actually watch it till within the last six months. Because I was kind of dreading it. I knew it got great reactions. It got great reviews. But personally, I'm like, am I really going to like this? Am I into seeing a movie about an invisible person? And no, 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 no. But, oh, man, I, I loved it. I loved it. It was done so brilliantly. It was just amazing. Gypsy writes, Blumhouse did justice to that movie. Absolutely. Khaleesi writes, totally agree, Viz. Uh, Sniper says, you broke your leg and you're having a bad day. I'm sorry, Sniper. Yeah, breaking your leg uh, would definitely lead you to having a bad day. Just get some rest and uh, heal up there, my friend. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, love Gary Oldman as Dracula was awesome. He was. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Who Goes There? Frozen uh, Hell by John Campbell, the original alien horror story. That was adapted as The Thing from Another World by one of the most well-known and legendary producers, Howard Hawks. The end result became a cult classic film and a favorite of director John Carpenter. The Thing was played by actor John Arness. The story was loosely adapted in 1972's Horror Express, starring uh, Hammer legend Christopher Lee. And when you think Christopher Lee, for me, Christopher Lee is probably my second favorite Dracula. That what, you know, when I think of Christopher Lee, I think of Dracula. 
This second adaptation bears little resemblance to the story and is set primarily on a train with the thing being an alien creature frozen in a block of ice that is slowly melting and sets it free. Uh, was readapted in one of the best theatrical remakes with John Carpenter's The Thing. The movie is beloved now, but as we talked about last week, because it was released uh, within two weeks of E.T., and we all know how big of a hit E.T. was, The Thing did not come out to great reviews. In fact, people hated it. They hated it. And history is what led it to becoming the classic that it is today. Next on the list is The Shining, of course, by Stephen King. Uh, it's hard to do a list of, you know, horror adaptations without mentioning Stephen King multiple times. Uh, one of King's adaptations that King himself originally lobbied for and later hated, he was originally on board with Kubrick, adapting the book, but was later heartbroken at the numerous and some petty changes the film made. And we actually talked about this last night in my interview with Morgan, how Stephen King's novel, The, uh, the Shining, was completely different, uh, you know, from what Kubrick portrayed on the screen. Uh, the movie, which is great, starring Jack Nicholson, who was amazing, it was more of a paranormal haunted hotel movie. The Shining, and you have to watch the sequel, which just came out several years ago, Dr. Sleep. You have to watch Dr. Sleep. If you've never read the books, if you watch Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining, you will actually find out what Stephen King's intention was in regards to what The Shining is. Kubrick took The Shining, and like I said, he made it more about a family that's there to look over a haunted hotel during the winter months when it's shut down and they are cut off from the rest of the world. Jack, played by Jack Nicholson, being vulnerable to those forces. Well, everything goes wrong. It doesn't end very well. Uh, again, I would also put that as uh, a scarier movie than Hereditary. Again, I love Hereditary. I just did not agree with that article we read at the beginning of the show where they said Hereditary was the next scariest movie you know, from The Exorcist. That's where my disagreement comes in. Uh, Sniper number one writes, oh, I read that book today. You're talking about Stephen King's The Shining? Is that which one you read today? Now, The Exorcist, written by William Peter Blatty, the most iconic of all horror films. Uh, every horror fan has watched uh, The Exorcist. The original novel has only been adapted once in the, uh, in the Friedkin film, but it was also uh, continued in the Exorcist TV series that lasted only two seasons several years ago. I liked that TV series and I was pretty upset when it was canceled. Uh, we we're almost out of time. The screenplay was written by the novel's author leading to an extremely faithful adaptation. 
It has been widely considered the most horrifying film the numerous countries have either banned it or have had to sever a severely censor it. Despite, despite this, it has been inducted into the Library of Congress National Film Registry. The film won two Oscars for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Sound. Many critics considered the film to be the 2001 of horror movies. It stands out as an iconic horror movie and has yet to receive an official remake. And if anybody decides to remake The Exorcist proper, you better damn well you have the right story and all the right parts in place. Because if you don't, I can't even imagine how badly the critics are just going to rip that movie apart. You know, there are just some movies that have become classics and The Exorcist is a perfect example of that. And if you're going to try to remake that, like I said, you better hope that you have all the right pieces in place or else you're just going to get completely ripped apart. Anyway, guys, we are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, apologies for the late start tonight. If you want to be a part of our live audience, you can catch us Monday through Friday, streaming simultaneously to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Go on any one of those platforms and search for Dead Talk Live. Visit our website at deadtalklive.com. If you're on YouTube right now, hitting the thumbs up for this broadcast would be greatly appreciated. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night, hopefully at our regularly scheduled time of 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Until then, guys, stay safe, and remember, always stay walking. Good night. Thank you.